0: Today, Pastor Tim and I start a new series of sermons entitled Sinning Like a Christian, The Seven Deadly Sins and the Community of Faith. First, a word about the seven deadly sins or the cardinal sins. All seven of these sins are mentioned in the Bible. What is not mentioned are the words seven deadly sins. You're not going to find that phrase in the Bible, nor will you find a list of the seven sins that are worse than any other sins. The seven deadly sins actually have their origin in the fourth century, where uh, a monk made a list of eight evil thoughts. In the year 590, Pope Gregory I adapted that list, and from that came what we now call the seven deadly sins. Theologically, all sins, that we, pretty much any sin we can think of, has some connection to one of the seven deadly sins sins. Remember what the seven deadly sins are? you got pride, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, envy, and sloth. And no matter what sin we might think of, the different sins of our lives are simply expressions of one of these seven deadly sins. Now, in this series, we're going to use a metaphor of a tree. So, imagine a big old tree, a big old oak tree with deep roots and a big trunk, seven big limbs coming off of the trunk, and then branches and leaves. The roots represent temptation. It's giving in to temptation that feeds this tree of sin. The trunk that holds it all up is idolatry, what St. Paul says is the root of all sin, And then the seven big limbs are the seven deadly sins that we'll be talking about in this series. Off of these limbs, you'll see branches and leaves, the different expressions of of sin that are connected to the seven deadly sins, connected to the trunk, all being fed by the roots of this tree, being fed by temptations. Today, we're going to begin by taking a look at temptation um, and how it is that that kind of feeds this tree of sin. So, what do we know about temptation? Well, I'm looking at a bunch of experts here. So, I know that you know something about temptation. What is it that we know? Well, it's like we're going about our lives trying to do the right thing, trying to stay in the straight and narrow, trying to to do what is good and what is right, trying to be faithful to God when temptation comes. And no matter what the temptation may be, the temptation is always for us to step off of this path and to start to go a different direction in our lives. Now, we know that temptation can often be subtle. We also know how it is that it works. We're going about our lives trying to do the right thing, trying to stay in the straight and narrow, trying to do what is good, trying to be faithful to God when temptation comes. And if we think about that which tempts us, we give it a little power. We think about it a little bit more. We give it a little bit more power. We smack our lips in anticipation. We give it a little bit more power. We look around to see if anybody's gonna notice. We give it a little bit more power. And the dangerous thing about temptation is that you never know at what point you've given that which tempts you more power than you have left to resist it. Will it be when I'm thinking about it? Will it be when I'm smacking my lips in anticipation? Will it be when I'm looking around to see if anybody's going to notice? You never know at what point you've given it more power than you have left to resist it. And as soon as you have crossed that threshold, the decision has already been made. It's almost like a magnetic force. And soon you find yourself someplace that maybe you didn't really want to go, doing something maybe you didn't intend to do. Temptation. Throughout this series, or throughout this sermon, think about this apple as a representation of whatever it is that tempts you. So now I want to give you just one more metaphor to to remind us of what we know about temptation, and this one is a metaphor of a sheep. So let's imagine that we've got a sheep pen right up here, and I'm the sheep, and everything that I need uh, for a good life is here in the pen. So I'm nibbling away at green grass, but then I notice some grass, green grass, just on the other side of the pen fence, and you know how it is. The grass is always greener on the other side. So I find my way out of the pen so I can nibble on grass there. And then I notice some green grass over there, so I nibble my way over there. And then I've noticed some over there, and so I nibbled my way over there. And then way back over there, I notice some. And pretty soon, I've nibbled my way lost. And that's what happens with sin. One sin gives way to another, gives way to another. And with each sin, it becomes easier to sin again. One sin gives way to another, gives way to another. And with each sin, it becomes a little easier to sin again. So as we think about this, which tempts us, having given into it once, it becomes easier to give into it again and again. And what begins is us simply stepping off of this path that we want to go a little bit. With each sin we seem to get a little bit further and further away now jesus was tempted we hear his story of temptation in in the the gospel of luke i'll read it in just a moment he was out in the wilderness fasting for 40 days and 40 nights when temptation came and we can learn a lot by seeing how it is that jesus deals with temptation when it comes to him in his life remember the story fasting for 40 days and 40 nights when temptation comes But instead of thinking about that which tempts us, he thinks about something else. you remember what he thought about? Scripture, the Word of God. And so, since he does not consider that which is tempting him, he doesn't ponder it, he doesn't give it any power. Instead, he gives power to the Word of God, which keeps him on the right path. Now, we've talked about this before. A couple of weeks ago, what you fill your mind with is what you become. So we fill our mind with these things of the word of God, and it helps us to stay on the path of righteousness. And there's a lesson in this for us. We do well to, to pay attention to how Jesus deals with temptation, but we also know that it's a lot easier said than done. Temptation is a deeper thing. And So, so at this point, let's just pause and let's listen to what Scripture has to say. From the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you, I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I can give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you and protect you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. When it comes to temptation, we like to treat it like a game. But it's not a game. It's a matter of life and of death. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. The great storyteller Garrison Keeler tells a story of a time when he was a boy growing up on the farm in Minnesota. He and some of his buddies had gone down to the pig pen where there were a couple of big hogs that were laying in the mud, and somehow they got it in their mind that it would be fun to toss some rocks at those hogs. Garrison's father caught him and reprimanded him, saying, these hogs are not here for your sport. A week later, Garrison saw his father with some of the other neighborhood men slaughter the hogs and cure the meat. And he was confused by that. Confused by why he would get in trouble for throwing some rocks at these hogs when his father was going to kill them anyway. And what was worse, throwing rocks or killing the hogs? He said it wasn't until he was an adult that he understood. He remembered the expression on his father's face as he went about the business of slaughtering the hogs and how all of those who participated were quiet. It was a sober event. And when it was over and done with, He would say to his family, now we have food to eat for the winter. He was acting out a ritual of life and of death. Garrison was throwing rocks at pigs and there is a world of difference. And we know the difference because we like to throw rocks at pigs sometimes. I mean, if I were to ask a group of people Tell me about temptation. Inevitably, somebody would tell me about a time when he or she was on a diet. And then somebody brought in a chocolate cake. And they gave in to the temptation and they ate the cake. Or maybe somebody would say, the alarm went off early in the morning and I was so comfortable in bed, I just turned off the alarm and pulled up the blankets and decided I was going to be a little late for my first responsibility. Or maybe somebody would say, uh, tell a story about a prank played on a friend. You know, the devil made me do it. But temptation isn't about chocolate cake and alarm clocks and pranks. It's about what our life stands for. It's about what we stand for, who we are, what we do with our lives. It's like... Imagine that you're in sixth grade, and your friend invites you to go to Disneyland for a long weekend, and it means you're going to miss a couple of days of school, and one of those days is test day in one of your important classes. So what are you going to tell the teacher? You can't tell the teacher, I'm going to go to Disneyland, so I'll miss the test, because that's not a good reason to miss the test. So you make up a lie. My grandmother has gotten ill. My family has to go and see her. So you go to Disneyland. You have a great time with your friends. You get back. You're back at school. You're telling your other friends about the great time you had at Disneyland when your teacher comes up to you and says, How is your grandmother? I've been praying for her. What? How's your grandmother doing? Oh, she's fine. As you begin to realize how one lie gives way to another. When Will the lies stop? And we're not just throwing rocks at pigs anymore. Or maybe it's a man who gets off work and goes and deposits his check and takes out enough cash to go home to give to to his wife so she can go grocery shopping. And on his way home, he passes by Red Rock Casino. And suddenly, the idea comes into his mind. You know, if I won a little bit money, a little, little money, I could give my wife more. And the next we see the man. He's pacing in f- back and forth in front of the entrance to Red Rock Casino with sweat pouring down his brow, and we're not throwing rocks at pigs anymore. Or maybe it's a woman who's meeting with her sponsor on the 30-day anniversary of her sobriety. And as she's telling her her sponsor that she cannot drink ever again because it's destroying her family, it's destroying her life. And her sponsor is commending her for making it for 30 days. The woman remembers a pint that she had hidden in the laundry room months before. And as a sponsor speaks, her mind goes to that pint. And we're not throwing rocks at pigs anymore. Because temptation, it's about our lives, about what our lives are going to stand for and what we are going to do with this thing that is our life. Now, Jesus was tempted, and we like to make a game out of that. You know, it's hard to imagine Jesus being tempted, so we make a game out of that. Turn these stones into bread, kind of like have a piece of chocolate cake. But don't be mistaken, this was temptation. Here's a way to think about it. Temptation is not a measure of our weakness. It is a measure of our strength. And the stronger the person, the greater the temptation. And Jesus' temptation was off the charts. It was off the charts. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. He was tired. The Gospel of Mark tells us there were wild animals all around. It was ripe for temptation. When the temptation comes, turn these stones into bread. And he has the power to be able to do it. And it seems reasonable because he's hungry. Bow down before me, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. All the kingdoms? Could you imagine that? Jesus being in charge of all governments, Jesus being in charge of all politics, it would be a very different world. I mean, it makes sense to me, which is what makes it temptation. Most people don't wake up in the morning and say to themselves, today I'm going to make a mess of my life. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, remember the story, they were being tempted by the serpent. And the serpent didn't tempt them by saying, Adam, Eve, would you like to be like the devil? No. The serpent said, Adam, Eve, would you like to be like God? Now that's something to ponder. That's something to consider. Put the devil in that corner and put God in that corner. Which one are you going to choose? It's not that hard of a decision. I'm going to choose God. But temptation isn't like that. It's so much more subtle. It's more like, go ahead. Get that pint. You deserve a drink. It'll calm your nerves. It'll help you de-stress. You can handle it. That's how we encounter the devil. Go ahead. Just play $10. If you win, you can buy your wife something nice. She deserves it, right? She deserves it. That's how the devil gets us. Go ahead. Just tell one more lie. Two more if you need to your teacher doesn't ever have to know you can get away with it and now we are talking about temptation because temptation has nothing to do with chocolate cake and alarm clocks and pranks that we might play. Temptation has to do with our life, about what our life is going to stand for, who we are and what we are going to do. And that's the temptation that Jesus was facing out in the wilderness on that day. Still dripping wet from his baptism, temptation came and the temptation was, Jesus, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to stay on this path? Are you going to try to be faithful and do what God wants you to do? Are you going to stay on this path knowing where it will lead? Or do you want to do something different? Because in the end, temptation is all about our life. What we're going to do. Who we are going to be. Jesus decided to stay on this path. He decided to stay on the path of faithfulness, of righteousness, to try to live according to the will of God. And of course he did. He lived according to the will of God. That was his choice. What is your choice? Because in the end, temptation simply asks us a couple of very simple questions. Who are you? What are you going to do? Think about that. Think about that. Wrestle with it. Take a moment and write it down. And I'm serious about this. Write it down. Write down a statement. This is who I am. This is what I do. And then hang on to that. Hang on to that statement. This is who I am. This is what I do. And then when temptation comes, remember that. This is who I am. This is what I do. Remember that. Remember, we don't live by Not alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And prayerfully, with scripture, and with some clarity on who we are, we'll be able to resist the temptations of life and to stay on the path that we long to live. Temptation. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. For the help you give to us in the midst of temptation help us to more clearly understand who we are who you are helping us to become what it is that you would have us to do and give us the strength the power to stay faithful we pray this in jesus name amen